We are brought to you today by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens I have been using like every single day for the last week since it showed up. Um, as we talked about uh, on a show uh, in th- in this week, actually, I went to uh, get an annual physical, and uh, one of the things my doctor mentioned was that I should take get back on a multivitamin. At the beginning of COVID, I started taking multivitamins because I read that it was good to have you know bulk up on vitamins to maybe help not get COVID. And then once vaccinations came out, I kind of waned off that. And my den- my doctor said I was uh, I was a little low on some vitamins, so I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens. It tastes good. It doesn't taste like sand. It's got kind of a mild tropical taste that I'm actually looking forward to each morning, kind of like a nice juice. Uh, So with one delicious scoop of this AG1 stuff, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging. Uh, I, I, you know, I need this stuff. I'm getting older. It's harder to maintain a healthy weight and healthy energy with the work schedule that we've got. And like I said, my doctor said I needed to get more vitamins. My vitamin levels were a little bit low. It's easy to pack. You can bring it with you when you travel. It's lifestyle friendly. Uh, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, it falls into there. There's none of any of those things in there. There's no sugar, less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, nothing artificial, and it still tastes good. Uh, you can get a year subscription, and it comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months. We don't get as much sunlight. Humans like are supposed to be outside like all day, every day, so almost nobody like seriously almost nobody unless you're like a farm worker or something you don't get enough vitamin d if you work in an office you almost certainly don't get enough vitamin d and it costs less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit Uh, they've got over seven thousand five star reviews on google professional athletes recommend it and more and more and more. So right now it's time to claim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. Not you don't need to take a million different pills. You don't need any more supplements. Just look out with your look out for your health with this AG1. And to make it even easier for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash tire. That's athleticgreens.com slash tire to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. athleticgreens.com slash tire tire. Also brought to you today by Squarespace. Doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, chances are that thing is going to need a website. Whether it's a personal blog, whether it's for resume building, whether you're doing uh, a business, whether it's an online business, an in-person business, you want to 
uh, uh, gather all your social media into one place. Squarespace is where you can do all of that stuff. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform for building your brand, growing your business, or organizing your personal life online. Stand out with a beautiful website to engage with your audience, to sell anything, products, content, even your time, right? I don't know anything about HTML or coding or web design or nothing, and I was able to make not only the Smoking Tire website, but the Westside Collector Car Storage website easily and efficiently just by moving boxes around and typing in words. They've got a bunch of ready-made layouts that look good, classic, that you can change certain things, but are really easy to navigate, or you can start your own from scratch. Super, super easy either way. Uh, if you want to uh, have multimedia in there, if you want to have an online store in there, if you want to aggregate social media, you want to have photo albums, you want to have surveys and forms, all this stuff is easy drop and drag with Squarespace. I mean, I, I love how easy Squarespace is. The billing, the fact that you can buy a domain name and then start a website there and then manage that website, get analytics on that website. It's all in one place at Squarespace. So check out squarespace.com slash tire for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your new site, use offer code tire. So squarespace.com slash tire and then offer code tire to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace.com slash tire, offer code tire. Double up on that tire. Double tire. And of course, lastly but not leastly, we're brought to you by Blackview Dash Cams. A bunch of people have DM'd me on Instagram or hit me up in, in emails or whatever on Twitter saying that they have bought these Blackview Dash Cams after our uh, recommendation, our endorsement, and they love them, especially if you're a rideshare driver, a taxi driver, or you want that extra layer of protection for your car, you need to consider the Blackview DR750X three-channel plus dash cam with not one, not two, but three cameras watching the front, rear, and interior of your vehicle at all times. Uh, this camera simultaneously records the front, rear, and interior of your vehicle. Uh, the front and rear sensors is a Stony, Sar Sony, Stony, Sony Starvis sensor, and the interior camera can record even in full darkness thanks to its infrared LEDs. Uh, the triple camera model also includes a GPS logger, a built-in Wi-Fi, cloud connectivity, and built-in voltage monitoring for parking mode so it doesn't drain your battery. The dash cam comes with a free Blackview app, allowing you to connect to your dash cam directly or over the cloud, get impact notifications, download videos to your phone, watch the live view, and more. Moreover, Blackview's seamless pairing feature makes connecting to your dash cam incredibly easy. The DR750X 3-channel comes with native parking mode, meaning you can hardwire your Blackview and it will automatically activate parking mode to watch over your parked vehicle, all while monitoring the battery's voltage and shutting down if necessary. Thanks to the video buffer, the few seconds leading to triggering events are also recorded, so you never miss the important details. I love this camera because it gives me uh, the reassurance that my vehicle is fully protected even when parked. So go down to blackview.com, 
B-L-A-C-K-V-U-E.com slash T-S-T and use promo code TIRE to get 10% off any Blackview dash cam. That's Blackview, B-L-A-C-K-V-U-E dot com slash T-S-T and use promo code TIRE to get 10% off any Blackview dash cam. Uh, Free shipping for orders over $200. All right, on this episode of the podcast, it is a crew show. Zach and I are in studio. I'm talking about a rather disappointing doctor's appointment I just had. It was kind of weird. We're talking about uh, Tesla selling $150,000 super SUVs with mismatched tires and thinking that's okay. Uh, We review the Lamborghini Aventador Ultime. We talk about one of the worst Canyon drivers we've ever seen, which we encountered while out on a shoot, and uh, give a couple of hints about the upcoming Porsche Macan T without breaking the embargo. It's a crew show on the Smoking Tire Podcast. <laughs> crew show, we're here. We've been driving all morning. This is my fifth cup of coffee today. Fifth? Well, I had one on I the drive you, up. Just... And then I had the No, it's fourth. And then I had the th- the cold the cold thing that you got me. Oh right. And then I had another cup of uh, whatever somebody brought up there and now this. Okay. It's a lot of coffee today. I'm glad the um, the vanilla Starbucks thing worked for you because we got that for Thad once on a shoot. Mm-hmm. We're up in the mountains with Musto, and he drinks it. Ten minutes goes by, and he looks at me, and he goes, I need the car keys. I'm like, why? He goes, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh. And he drove 20 minutes the way down. down to a town. Uh, no. <laughs> and I came back up, and he said, never buy me one of these again. Oh, really? Oh, well, I guess he doesn't have the colon resilience that I have. He doesn't have the iron gut. Hmm. No, and I also, but I, I didn't have any donuts today, though. I only had that bar and the salad. I had my physical yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, was I depressed the rest of the day. Because I knew I put on weight from the fucking, from, like, we've been talking about. It's not, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. new. Nothing new. Knew it. You're like, I have a scale, Doc. I don't yeah. need you. you. You didn't get a degree to tell me this. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. And then he was like, well, uh... We need to work on your alcohol problem. I was like, I don't, I, w- I don't know about alcohol problem. Is that how he phrased it? Yeah, and I was aggressive. like, yeah, and I was like, I, I don't know about problem. That's aggressive. I was like, I think I, uh, I think I used to smoke a lot of weed, and now I'm having a little more alcohol than I used to, and it has calories and and it gives me munchies, whereas weed was an appetite suppressant for me, so it's kind of gone the other way, and he was like. So what you're saying is you used to medicate yourself with one thing, and you're now medicating yourself with something that makes you fatter. And I was like, well, when you wow, fucking really put it that way. Right yeah. This bedside manner is like New I texted, York police officer. I texted fucking Hannah, and I was like, I fucking hate doctors. And she's like, try to listen. That's why pe- people don't. That's why people don't go to doctors, so they don't have to have those kinds of conversations. True. I mean, his bedside manner is interesting. It was not good. No. And then... And then it was supposed to be like 20 minutes. It was supposed to be in and out. And and then it turned into two and a half hours because it was like, oh, well, while you're here, we should do some other tests. I was like, other tests? Fuck. Imagine if, if he was an oncologist, he'd be like, we need to talk about your dying in three months problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't great, uh, the situation. And I didn't learn anything new either. It's just like, wow, okay. So he thinks I need to be on... 
anti-anxiety medica- medication so that I don't self-medicate. Like beta blocker or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't are. even know. But I don't even know if that'll work. I don't know. So I'm going to fucking now I'm going to see a sh- like because I go to therapy. But now I have an appointment with a which is the psychiatrist, the one yeah, that actually the one gives that you describe things. Yeah. I've been avoiding this for years. I don't want to be on fucking those meds. But I don't I mean, I don't think you have to. I don't know if it'll make me drink less wine either. Good question. I have no yeah. idea. I don't know I told anything my, about lithium or any of those. They things. tried to put me on those drugs like ten years ago, and I was like, "Listen, you put me on those drugs. I'm going to go right on smoking weed every day. It's not going to. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I need less weed now. It's not going to happen. Well, maybe now you won't because you stopped smoking weed. But but if yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I don't know. It was a raw, It was a long day yesterday. That's a long day. It's not a good. It's not a good day. Did you go yesterday. home and drink wine because you're like that guy sucks? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did. Yeah, did. I don't know anything about anti- anti-anxiety meds. I don't know. I, I, I just know I I know they're not going to make me happier. Very true. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Stabilizing things don't make you happier. They just make you less sad. They bring these. They bring this to this. Well, it's like if you're having a bad relationship and you're like, I'm just going to up my Prozac. Yeah. Like, that doesn't fix the mm-hmm. holes in your car that were shot there by your I girlfriend. Yeah. So anyway, hmm. uh, why do we start talking about that? Coffee? Health? Yeah, we, we found a different trail and we yeah, went we down it for a bit. Went down that trail for a bit. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but then, you know, then after I got back from that, um, actually while I was in the waiting room of that, strangely enough, because of the peaks and valleys of the life, on, on my way to that downward spiral. Something magical la- happened. Yeah, Lamborghini goes, the, the new Aventador's here, just got here. I can have it to you in three hours. And I go, What? And they go, well, we could have it to you either in three hours or in a month and a half. And I said, is there an embargo? And they said, no. I said, three hours will be just fine. Yeah. So I got back from the doctor's appointment feeling shitty before before I drank the wine. Well, the yin and yang of the world, really. And there's a $560,000 Ventador sitting there. And I get in it, and the motherfucker's got 45 miles on it. Normally, they, they put a couple hundred break-ins on these things. Yeah, there's still stickers miles. on the pistons. There's there's no miles on the car. And I'm like, uh, you, someone forgot to break in the car. And they were like, well, here it is. <laughs> okay. So we broke in the car. Yeah. I think it has 150 on it now. Yeah. I think uh, we did like 100 today. Yeah. And by the end of the weekend, I'll probably do another 150 or well, so. Well, the limit was 400, right? So They said less than 400. Yeah. yeah. So it'll it'll come back with... Uh, 442 miles on it. That's interesting. I think, I think yeah. we're going to have a lot of comments about break-in stuff because I know there is like a division. Some people are like drive it hard and some mm. people say cruise and be gentle until 1,000. Right. So who knows? The most important thing about breaking in a car is that when it's not your car, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> That's the most important lesson about breaking in someone else's supercar. If they dropped it off to you, and they know who you are right. and what you're supposed to do. Eh. As long as we return it fucking shiny. Actually, a- I wonder if, you know, when they do engine dynos, like bef- when they do inspections before mm-hmm. a car rolls out, does that count as the break-in for the, like, it may no. not be on the odometer, but no. the engine has miles. They don't do that. No? No. I mean, they use, they run the car on, right. a, on a roller a little bit and make sure that it, there's no vibrations and, and nothing's wrong with it, but they don't break it in. No. Like even when before the engine's mounted in the car, they don't run it for no. like three hours. No. Oh wow. No. All right. The what I'm told about break in 
is that you should not go near the red line, but that you should not Oops. just put it on the highway at 70 and drive right. across the country. Need some varying. Variance, yeah. varying loads, engine braking, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Tow something. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Don't the me. only thing we didn't, we didn't do any launches. That's true. We didn't. Which, which is probably for the, for the best, I think. But, but like, other than that, <laughs> well, the last time we, when we filmed the Countach Aventador thing back yeah. in the day, we launched that car, which is a brand new press car. We launched it a bunch. Right. But the last time, the yeah. final time, I should say, not the last as in recent, the final launch, a it half broke. shaft broke. Yeah, it broke. Um, and we were operating it correctly. We did not get yelled at for that, but that did happen. It did, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, we just didn't get really around to launching it. You don't need to with that thing. I don't know if it would launch. I don't know if it has, if it, it does it without enough miles. Oh, that's it a good may point. or may not. Right, I don't the know MC20 didn't have the launch MC20 control. didn't. Yeah, but like it doesn't matter because it sounds so good. You just start out at zero gently and then jump on the gas. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fucking press car. Would we not make a video with a press car? Like I don't know. So anyway, here now, the eventually <laughs> it's gonna be it's VIN number one. So eventually yeah. it's going to be valuable because it's number one. Valuable because all the media were driving it. Valuable because we farted sub substantially in it from all the coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and valuable because it'll have a brand new engine when someone else gets it when this engine explodes. Oh, my God. It comes with extra know. warranty. I don't know. Johnny Lieberman was like, the engine's going to die. And I was like, well, it's not dead. I, what do you want me to tell you? If it makes it out of here without exploding, does that mean it's going to explode later? I don't know. I don't know. Someone comment. Someone who does engine stuff, let us know in the comments. Like, what is the proper break-in procedure? I think we just said what it is. Varying RPM, stay away from the red line, don't beat the crap out of it, but don't sit at one at one RPM for... I mean, we revved it... All the way. Almost, yeah. All the way. It revs, it revs to 8,500, I think. That's where yeah. the red line is. Yep. Yeah. And I hit the rev limiter several times. <laughs> boop, boop. It goes. Boop, boop, it sounds it. so good. Yeah. It has two. It has three sounds. It has acceleration sound. Yeah. Then it has red rev limiter sound. Yeah. And then it has burble overrun crackle t sound. I think to call great. it to say it's burble is doing a disservice. It's really crack. It's crackle. Bah, 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 bah. It's not like. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. No, we're it's behind like a BMW that crack. Yeah. Ka crack. Which is a good sound. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. What a delightful car. Everyone should buy something with a V12. Yeah. Doesn't even matter how cheap it is. Like those CL Mercedes that have it, put straight pipes on it. It will sound like this car. It will just accelerate much more slowly. It's, uh, you know, it's it's. So what this thing is, the Aventador Ultime is, is as a, a fan described in the comments accurately. It's basically SVJ touring. So it's the SVJ power plant um, with an additional ten horsepower over the SVJ to to compensate for uh, the fact that it weighs a little more. Uh, it has the uh, basically the shock tuning from the regular S, so it's more streetable, uh, inboard magnetic shocks, and then it has the the standard aero, but with the SVJ scoops on the side, so no big wing, mm -hmm. uh, no big wing, regular uh, Corsa tires, not Trofeo R tires, regular interior, you know, non bucket seats, regular seats, um, pretty delightful. Uh, it still has the old, you know, the old gearbox, as all Aventadors do. And the faster you go, the closer you shift to redline, the smoother it gets. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, which it is was interesting. surprising. How, like low RPM, it's 
pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, this, the shifts take several seconds. It's horrible at the bottom of the power band, and it's horrible in automatic mode. Yeah, you. it's like riding with a 15-year-old who's learning to drive a manual. Yeah. It's like, uh, and your head like both of our heads go forward and then backwards yeah yeah Um, and it's worse than automatic because at least when you're doing it yourself you know when to expect that yeah in automatic when it does it on its own time it's like disastrous but you you shouldn't be buying an Aventador to drive it in automatic it's just not a thing that one does yeah you should drive it one gear lower than Two gears lower than automatic would put you in, because sometimes automatic was putting me in fifth. Yeah. And, like, third is the place to be. Yeah. It has to have that. Automa- you know, it's got to to pass the fuel economy and noise yeah. tests and all that. Gar- it's got to have that baseline. And actually, to it is quiet and civil. Like, you know, if you're cruising around, the clutch engagement is better than the older cars. The clutch engages smoothly and mm-hmm. on the takeoff. It doesn't do a bunch of revs and then engage. It, That's it, true. It is pretty smooth. It's easy to, to maneuver without giving it a bunch of revs. And it doesn't have the uh, wake the neighbors tune when you just start it. It's got a kind of a sedate you know, sedate for an Aventador tune. It's not like... Even on cold start? It's yeah, the cold start's not, not that insane. Um I might be a little jaded because the Aventador that lives here at Westside has an exhaust on it that shakes the whole building when Literally you start it. Literally shakes the building. And so compared to that, it's um, it's pretty mellow. And, you know, but it's got the full SVJ exhaust. So when you put it in Corsa or Ego mode or whatever, it's sounds the it's, business. It's perfect. Yeah. For a Lamborghini, the sound is perfect. Yeah. Wouldn't want it louder. Wouldn't want it quieter. But it's, um, you know, it's more usable on the street than an SVJ that doesn't have the super long front lip. It doesn't have the wing that blocks your rear view. You know, you the seats are reasonable for what it is. I mean, there's still no headroom uh, and there's yeah. still very little legroom. The seats were pretty comfortable, though. Seats are fine. They had a shape that remind me of the Bugatti Chiron seats mm-hmm. where they're like kind of open. They're yeah. not really aggressively bolstered. And yet the, the material and the way they're shaped holds you in pretty well. Yeah. And. You don't need the seat to be bolstered because the door and the tunnel are right there. That's they true. hold you in. <laughs> it's amazing how wide that car is and how small the occupant's uh, yeah. cabin is. Yeah. Like the, the, the amount of door and intake next to you is huge. Yeah, it is. It's a silly car. I mean, it's a, it is a, but it's good that, like, like I'm glad that this thing still exists. In so, in some ways, I mean, it's obviously the end, but I'm I'm glad it's still kind of relevant, and it's it's ridiculous in a way that like the Huracan STO is like gar like it's the STO is a garish and like look at me I'm a race car and it drives nice, but with the stickers and all that all that kind of weird stuff they've stuff. Whereas this is just like. It's like the definition of exotic. It's the right amount of Lamborghini. Where, yeah. where the STO has overstepped how much Lamborghini a Lamborghini should be. Yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah, I agree. This is a good looking Aventador with a little bit extra on it, but it doesn't look too special. It doesn't look too extroverted. Right. It's really, yeah. It's cool um, looking. Yeah. And, and it and rides really good. The ride really is good. excellent. Yeah. The ride is, it's it rides better than you, if you looked at it and you go, how do you think this rides? You'd go, well, that ride's like shit, but actually it's very good. No, it's really good. Yeah. So that's that's cool. The uh, optional stereo I tried to listen to on the way back, garbage. Really? Garbage. <laughs> How much is that stereo? Like $6,500. It's terrible. Wow. And the, the multimedia controls are straight out of a 2005 Audi. 
Um, it's it was old. Jeez. It was old school when it went into the Aventador in twenty twelve. In twenty ten, eleven. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eleven was the first model year. It was already old school then, and now it's just like, bro, come on. Like, you can connect a phone, but, like, I tried to do voice-to-text, and the voice-to-text doesn't go over that system. Got it's it. like calls. Yeah. It's purely for calls. No streaming music. It's for calls. I've been in other cars that had that problem where when you would hit voice-to-text, it would stop playing whatever you're playing, but then make a phone call to the car, <laughs> and then you could. And it was like five second delay. Yeah. So it's actually a lot like the transmission. There's a bit. There's a bit of a delay <laughs> yeah. when you try to use it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, as otherwise intended. And I'm sure it would be somehow more difficult than we understand to update that system throughout the life of the car. Uh, but it's it's not for that. It's a good thing the engine sounds so good because even the optional stereo sucks. So good. Um, but it's it's real fucking cool. I mean, it's really, really cool. It's and and anywhere outside of Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, believe it or not, people are not that impressed with Aventadors. There's a lot of Aventadors here. You see them around. You know, people still people who are into cars still check you out. But it's like if you go to the Malibu Cars and Coffee on Sunday, there'll be ten Aventadors mm-hmm. there. Whereas if you're anywhere else, you know, this thing is a fucking showstopper. True, very true. Um, Nothing looks like it. Other, yeah. you know, I mean, it is kind of it is unique in that way. And I feel like my experience with them was poor because the one I drove was so early, like 2011 or something, 2012, yeah. and that had the understeer issue, and it, the suspension wasn't calibrated, it didn't have rear steer. The like, early cars drove awful. Really, it was yeah, so they, bad. They so for something good. that looked like this and cost what this costs, it was such a letdown, and it really tainted my opinion of them for a really long time, honestly, until this morning, and then driving this, it was like, oh, this, this has enough show, enough go, it has yeah. problems for sure. But if you're buying this, you probably also have six other cars that don't have those problems. Yeah. So have a bit of fun. When I I've driven all of them, and when I finally got to the S in 2016, where they added the rear steer, that was a that was a huge leap forward. Where it was like, oh, this will actually turn in under braking. I got mm. it. Okay. And then SVJ was like, oh, this will oversteer if you actually ask it to. Like that's a that's a thing. And so to have that, but you know dialed back from race car just enough uh, where it's actually enjoyable to drive on the street and not like overwhelming and ridiculous, uh, it's actually quite good. And correct me if I'm wrong, the SVJ beat the GT2 RS's Nürburgring time? But like it's in the, two it's seconds. deep in the sixes. Yeah. The SVJ I mean, is deep in the sixes. It's, yeah, it's really fast. You know, Aventadors don't have the reputation of being track cars. And like, right. and I know that ring times are not relevant to most people. Right. But it did say that at least this isn't just a show pony kind of oh, yeah. thing. Like, it can be properly Dude, the quick. SVJ launch was at Estoril. It was at a Formula One circuit. I saw 177 miles an hour on the front straight of Estoril breaking into a 30-mile-an-hour right-hander. No helmets. There were no <laughs> helmets that day at the launch. I mean, how many launches have we been to? And it's like, okay, lead follow only, and here's the rules, and this and this. This one, they were like, you will go. Look, listen, when it goes by, it sounds like Formula One. You go. Wow. Yeah. 177 breaking to 30. No problem. Prior track had helmets, hairnets. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. It's, it, they, it was it was nasty that fucking car, and they had just repaved the track, and they were like, "It's a little slippery out there." So uh, you know, just. Uh, but it was. It, but the SVJ will 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 handle track work, no problem. Absolutely no problem. I think this probably would as well. Um, would handle a decent decent amount of track work. Yeah, quite a thing. It was. It's very very good. I mean, it's it's impressive how, you know, even though it's aging, how it's still very exciting compared to uh you know other other brand new very high high performance stuff well w- there's not much in this price range like this it's this a it's a bit of a middle dollars. road it's, it's like, a middle road 765 LT mm-hmm. and we have that in 2 weeks that's that's about that's about it ferrari A12 uh and and its variants can get into the fives yeah um Gunther works but that's a Gunther different works. kind of car. Definitely Still half a million dollars. Definitely but. a different kind of car. Um, I mean, really nothing from Porsche right now, unless you've got some crazy markup scam happening. Right, <laughs> but, nothing from Mercedes. Uh, well, the, the Black Series is... is That's three, can, that was like 380. Yeah, but they're they're flipping at five, six, seven right now, so... You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend that. These, they're I mean, very if I had it, cars. I wouldn't spend yeah, that. They're yeah, very different cars. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, but it's it it is kind of in a funky middle ground. It's kind of in a, kind of in a strange, strange area. Um, and this one had you know sixty thousand bucks in cosmetic options in it. You know, gray was twenty six k. It's called Matt Grigio, <laughs> and it was twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah. And, it was the paint quality was good. There was no orange peel, and there was a very, very, very tiny bit of like flake to it. But man, like it was a really dull color. I mean, it is yeah. it is battleship gray. Yeah, it is a hundred percent. It's just the most expensive battleship gray you've ever seen. <laughs> and I just can't believe that this, that that was so expensive. Yeah, and that that was the, that was the launch color. But this blue they've got looks really yeah. great. This this other launch color is uh is I think it's the launch color for the Roadster. The coupe launch color is the gray. The Roadster launch color is this blue. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I think the blue is where it's at, especially with the with the yellow calipers. But I, I think there's a, a part of this market that likes the fighter jetness sure. of the Lambo, and well, then the gray yeah, Matt, fits that. Matt Gray yeah. has been an Aventador. Th- it was Reventin before that. Mm-hmm, yep. The Reventin was the one was the first battleship colored, you know, Lambo angular thing. And then yeah. they, and then they made the Aventador look a lot like the Reventin, I think. Yeah. And everyone went, well, "Excuse me." If you l- go back and look at a Reventin now, it looks a little weird. It looks a little bit um like a Mercy is going through puberty and turning into an Aventador. Like it's clearly it looks like a Mercy with an Aventador Gen 1 nose on it. It does. And it's just a little a little bit awkward like that hyper angular thing at the time was was groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. And now that we've had 10 years of Aventador to get really familiar with it, it looks a little awkward. It does. Doesn't it? And look how small the intakes are on the Reventin by yeah. comparison. They they take up let's say a bottom third of the door. Yeah. And now on the Ultima, the intake is the size it's the of the entire door. door. It <laughs> is the height of the door. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the video will be up uh, very shortly. Uh, thank you to to Lambo for letting Absolutely. us have the first go. And it's, um, you know, this is this is going to be the last non hybrid new Lamborghini. Period. The replacement for the Huracan will be hybrid. The Urus is already mild hybrid, and the next one of these will be 
hybridized. Yeah. Now they might do it. It might be a little mild hybrid. It might just be a. It might be relatively invisible. I haven't driven the Cyan or any of the other oh, hybrid with the ones with power. the capacitor thing. So it's who's to say? It might. They might do an amazing job. But this is that's it for naturally aspirated V12 uh, Lambos. Game over. Buy one now. Game over. Do we have? Um, what did we have before that? Well, you've got this Infinity thing. Infinity. But should we talk about that next week once I have a go as well? Yeah. Uh, the Q60 Red Sport. Red Sport. Uh, it's the turbo, Q6400 right? Q6400 Red Sport. Yeah, yes. the turbo. Drive. Yeah. 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 And it's an automatic? It is. Does they offer a manual still? I don't believe so. Uh, it's automatic only? Okay. Well, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll get talk there it. next week. We were going to film that this morning. But then when, you know, when Aventadors show up, you can change your plans. Yeah, yeah when, when Dave Chappelle shows up to your open mic, you step aside. Yeah. That's what <laughs> happened, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it got bumped. Straight up, yeah, straight up, it got, got bumped. bumped for yeah. good reason. No embargo? Okay. Yeah. Are you sure? Fully bumped. Um, what else do we have? Um, the, uh, the uh, let's see, gas prices. Still, still fucked. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, the um, find your debate on Twitter. Well, the bubble you exist you, in. you sent me the the thing that you uh, the theory that there are pay, either paid bots or program the the debate being the debate of that we all oh, my need, conspiracy we, theory. Oh, the conspiracy theory that we all need to sacrifice uh, and 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 for for Ukraine. Right. My conspiracy theory was the term that started going around Twitter last week. And then Colbert and everything was the whole, like, I'll pay more at the pump if it means it will help these people. Yeah. Now, I understand the sentiment 100%, like, what's going on is terrible. But then when you told me about the giant profits that are happening, <laughs> and because of what we know about there are paid marketing things, yeah. there are campaigns that exist, you know, all these stuff, I was like, wouldn't it be amazing yeah. if in 10 years we find that out? It, it wouldn't be the least bit surprising. To and me. it also could be a totally organic thought from someone that spread like wildfire. Yeah. But man, does it work both ways? I don't know. Yeah, and most importantly is it? They're not related. Which the the fuel prices here, it's not because of Russian imported oil. Right. It's it, just not. It's we just don't. We, like we don't right import now. that much Russian oil in a good year. We just don't. It comes from other fucking places. Yeah. Europe's going to have, they have much more Different trouble. story. Yeah, yeah, much more trouble. Different fucking story. They're, but like, it's a different place, right, than America. It turns Europe. out. turns out. Oh, there's an ocean oh, between us. ocean thing. Yes. Got but it. like, yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're we're getting, we're feeling it. And, and I had to fill up the fucking Aventador with, with premium this, this morning. And it, the, the number was big. I mean, not as big as it would be if we were in the UK doing this gig. That would be, you know. Yeah. And also, it's uh, people are, the, the, the other narrative is that, well, let's, let's all turn around and buy EVs right now, which is also dumb. I mean, we, you, you maybe should buy an EV if you want one, if it works for your lifestyle. But like to, when the, when the market changes a little bit for you to go spend $50,000 on a new car is not fiscally prudent. Yeah, but that's kind of how it would happen in the early 2000s, right? Yeah. I was buying bigger and bigger SUVs. We had the excursion, expedition, et cetera. And then gas prices went up and everyone went, <gasps> and then the Prius was there. Yeah. And everyone went over there. And and now I think well, it's swung it back nice, the other way. Wouldn't it be nice if we stopped buying enormous and stupid vehicles that were very wasteful? It, it, yeah, without there being something that yeah. like needles us. But we need catalysts for change. We do. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, in Europe... People buy smaller cars that are more fuel efficient, and there's sports cars there, and the people who need a truck 
get a truck. <laughs> you know? Right, which is like a lorry, like a truck truck. Yeah, like a or truck, like yeah. a small pickup truck, like a, an Amarok or a mid a mid-size truck, a Hilux. They're not that big there, though. You see more vans. Like like yeah. plumbers there use vans. Yeah. Uh, you just don't see small pickup trucks. I haven't, I should say. Well, and I've been to, I don't know, seven We owned European a pickup countries. truck, and then we owned a van, and which was more useful. Totally, yeah. The van, <laughs> the van absolutely The van wins. was more useful. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel bad because the high fuel prices affect people that can least... Afford, you know, of course, yeah. yeah. It's more fucked up that it's it. Fuel prices going up fifty or seventy-five cents a gallon is fucked up, but not as fucked up as the fact that that difference could mean like not fucking paying rent or buying food for some people. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? That's more fucked up than the just the price well, that's why of they, the gas. But they call inflation, and I know inflation is different than the increase in gas prices, but they call inflation like a tax on the poor. Yeah. And, versus, and it doesn't really affect the rich because assets tend to go up as well, but yeah. it actually benefits rich people. Yeah, but you have to have assets. Right. <laughs> if you don't have assets you're and you're just working cash to cash, it's like not, you're, you're super fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's that's what's happening in Los Angeles today. I don't. Uh, what else did I have? What day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's been a weird week. Yeah, we've had a lot of cars, a lot of shows. Everything kind of got interwoven. It's all, it all got fucking blended. Yeah, there was a beef this morning at Good Vibes. <laughs> there was. We don't know. We saw the we saw the beef. We didn't see why it started. And no, but it was, was a, it was it was a Canyon etiquette beef. Yeah, basically. The, we should the, talk about the importance of Canyon etiquette. It seems that there's people that are in the last couple months. I've seen le- less Canyon etiquette yeah. in the last couple months than I've really ever seen. I think with with Good Vibes popularity, I feel like I have seen an increase in aggressive driving. Mm. And whether that's the groupthink thing or this is what everyone's doing or it's just people getting a little excited to like, go join the crowd. Like mm. this morning, come around the corner, you know, the photographers that are with us. Misha passed us going quickly. That's fine. We trust him. But right behind him was a Mercedes going also very fast in a much older car. Yeah. And apparently on the next corner, that the person CLK got over The Black Series <clears throat> was fast in 2008. It's not GT3 Touring fast. It's not a GT3 Touring. Yeah. yeah. So I think, and we saw someone passing double yellow a couple of weeks ago. They had visibility, but it was on a corner. It was there not was, smart. Yeah. There was, was people passed, that guy in the 335 passed double yellow on the way down That today. was the sketchiest thing of the day. That was super shady. Uh, he passed Wait, he passed a car in front of us and then a truck. On a blind corner. And then quarter mile up the road, he was pulled over just looking at whatever his phone. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't even in a hurry to get anywhere. He just, and he had Burble Tune on a 335 with and a fake, fake M3 badge. badge, yeah. Oh, man. Um, but, but talk about the beef. Sorry, I derailed. No, it doesn't. It's just like <clears throat> poor Canyon etiquette, and we could share some blame. I don't know exactly what happened. The accusation was that someone came up on another slower car very fast and mm-hmm. freaked them out. That person did not take an opportunity to pull over and let them pass and was driving in their mirror, moving around the road and and kicking gravel up at the car behind them. That And then that turned into when they both got there, Screaming at each other, yeah, basically, um, and I don't really know either of the people very well. I've seen them before up there, but I don't, I don't know them very well. But like, you know, the bottom line is, if you're there's there's a turnout every two hundred fucking yards up these roads. Like, there are so many. Uh, you can't pass on the double yellow because it's illegal and it's fucking shady. Mm-hmm. 
but if you're if you're not if there's faster traffic, you just fucking pull over. Yeah, that's it. You just pull over. Um, and if you move right and you signal, the other car will go around you and they'll be gone. That's it. And then you don't. Then you drive at your own pace. But there's this sort of rage that happens with people who think that the the speed that they're going is the appropriate speed. Right. And anyone who's going faster is a lunatic. You know, and 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 you get this, but you don't just like let them go and then go about your business and then they go about their business. And if they're going too fast, they will have a crash. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And it, yeah. Uh, but but it 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 seemed like the person who was in front was still going at a pretty decent clip, but not quick enough for the person behind who was like tailgating and wanted to get by. But the pressure of that person being there caused the person in front to drive sloppily. Right. And and possibly looking at their mirror a lot because they're like, why is this person so close? Yeah. Are they going to hit me? I mean, I think if you are driving, if you're behind somebody in the canyons and you're someone who's going fast, it's it, you shouldn't assume the person who is in front of you is comfortable with what you're doing. On the way back down, I was thinking about this. Like, I feel like we are the the oddballs up there there are people commuting there are people that are driving to go hiking like the people that basically are obeying the law entirely yeah and we all tend to speed a little bit and i i don't think we should think of us as the norms like we are not the normal people we are the abnormal people so if you come up on someone and you're going really fast you should slow down before you get up their ass and we do this all the time we get behind cars that they they sense we want to go faster and they pull over and they don't honk they don't flip us off like yeah. there's no tension that happens but it's very organic that they can just tell and we are very respectful we slow down early and then just slowly move up on them and i think that system works for us but we just have to remember like we should be respectful of the people that are up there that are just trying to go hiking trying to do whatever and if they move great and if they don't okay you get to good vibes 3 minutes later than you would have yeah well this whatever. person this person was going was they driving an enthusiast vehicle Going to the car meet, they weren't just a, let's call them regular civilian. They just weren't going quick enough You're right. for the other person. And then they also wouldn't pull out of the way. Like, Well, everyone has what they they think is a normal or acceptable speed. And that goes from a, quote, normal person all the way to an enthusiast. Yeah. I mean, we have friends that go much faster than us in the canyons, people that go slower or whatever. So I just think... Everyone needs to recognize that everyone's an individual. Yeah, and there's Calm like down. the the driving in groups, and, or is like the easiest way to have a crash. True. Like, just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go talk to your friends when you get up there, but like, don't the the I've had so many people come up to me up there and been like, "Oh my god, that was so scary." I'm like, "What? What's so scary about it? It's just a fucking road." And oh, this guy, and I was you know, I was with my friend and and he was going and I was trying to keep up. It's like, "Whoop, whoop, there's your mistake." Yep. Don't different skill levels, different cars, different experience. Don't do that. The different hardware. Yeah. I mean, skill level is is very important, but I think people maybe overestimate their skills a lot, but when they have different hardware and they try to keep up, and they mm -hmm. go, "Oh shit." I'm in a base Fiesta and they're in a McLaren. Yeah. And I, I, I almost lost it in that corner. Like, no shit, man. Yeah. 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 So I just, I feel like I, between this CLK getting oversteer last week, it was a Fiesta passing four cars on the inside of a double yellow. Yep. Yeah, we're just, it seems like the, the etiquette is going downhill and it, it's, it's making me nervous. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah.
And like I try to like, yeah, we go quick because we know the road. We have quick cars and we're up there early and we but and we don't but we 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 really do our best to be invisible mm -hmm. at the same time. And like, you know, there's people that will just straight fucking pass you on double yellows like in and what's what's sketchy about that is you don't expect that to happen mm -hmm. you you're not prepared for that to to happen this person's now somewhere they're not supposed to be at a time they're not supposed to be there and even if you're going quick that isn't in your register of things to look out for right you know and then if someone God forbid you're on a corner and someone comes around going the other way. Yeah. Because the person who's passing you is a real fucking idiot. Well, now you also have to deal with this problem they've caused. Yeah. Are they going to crash into you to try to get over? I mean, there's just a lot of variables that could go really wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just like our Puritan American laws. Like I know like British folks will, you know, because they're used to having unlimited passing zones on some of these roads. Mm -hmm. British folks will often take the sketch line because they think that because they're from England, they have x-ray vision and can see through blind corners. True. Um, but the reason that that, that that road is a double yellow is because there's very few straightaways long enough to safely execute a pass anyway. Yeah. There's a Granted, there are a couple straightaways that I think a dotted line might be prudent. Um, and there's a few turnouts and there could be a few more. But most places up there, it's, there's not enough room to execute a pass safely anyway. Yeah, even if you have a fast car. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So please, please use good Kenyan etiquette. If yeah, you be careful. To this program, don't don't be fucking sketchy. Um, lots of questions from the Patreon, mm -hmm. of course. Get in on our patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast if you would like to submit questions for the show if you would like to uh, get the show early if you would like an extra podcast each month uh, the ninth show then uh, you got to be on the patreon patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast um, let's get to it um, Nate M says uh, we were talking with Reggie about older Hondas making a possible com comeback. I'm in the market for a fun Canyon slash track sedan. What would be a better driving experience for 10 to 15,000 range, including maintenance and mods? An E46 330i, an older EK Civic sedan, or an early to mid 2000 Civic Si with a larger budget for mods? Well, you're not getting a 2000 Civic Si with mods. In any kind of decent shape for ten to fifteen thousand. Not anymore. That's a twenty five, thirty thousand dollar collectible vehicle right Crazy. now. Crazy. Maybe one with a salvage title, or yeah. one that's like fucked, fucked. <laughs> but <a> like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> lots of miles. That's like a that's a thirty thousand dollar and up collectible now. Older EK Civic sedan. Plan on doing a full suspension and swapping the engine. Yeah, but I drove one of those. This guy got it for thirty five hundred bucks. This was in twenty eighteen and. The engine was weak, but the handling was amazing. Yeah, was excellent. Well, they're like double wishbone. I mean, they're, they're, yep. they have uh, – is it double wishbone? I think they are. I think they I, are, I think and that's so correct. the Sentra for certain years. Um, yeah, the boxy Sentras. Yeah, boxy Sentra. Um, uh, E46 330i is a, is a nice car. 10 to 15 grand isn't getting you a great one. It's getting you an no. okay one. But if you get one with higher miles but has good maintenance, yeah. um, I mean, that'll give you a really good – that's a good driving experience, and it's yeah. a good, and it's a good like commuter car, and it's a comfy long distance car. Like it's a lot of those things. The the EK Civic sedan for me is a great 
baseline to do a budget build. You just yeah. just get a, a bigger motor like a, a K24, just drop that bitch in, you know, and, and you've got just one from a, a newer, better Honda or Acura or even like the CRV motor or whatever those, you know, mm-hmm. some put the Revy S, the Revy head. And then the valve, you know, the the, uh, the the good valve springs so you can fucking rev the shit out of it. and and But it's a project. It's not. It is. But yeah. I think I think if you're going to do lots of canning and track, I would go with the Honda either way. Even if you can't drop the engine in, we both own E4, E46s. Like, you're going to drive it really hard at the track. Like, you're going to have to do a lot of supporting mods mm-hmm. to keep that oil, in, like, in check and all the other things. And if it breaks, it's expensive and it's complicated. And the Hondas just, they, they take abuse way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin Medelsky, new GR86 versus 2007 Corvette. <sighs> a 15 year old Corvette is going to be uh, I, not great. Um, it's his fourth car. It's a fourth car. Fourth car. I mean, depends on what the other ones are. Similar well, price, front, rear. Trading age for horsepower. I mean, I mean the vet's so good at so many things. It's just such a known quantity. Like if you want to track it, if you want to autocross it, if you want to, I don't know. But GT like his it, like 07 so is like that's like an LS two. I don't think that's even the LS three car. It, you know, it, it's also like, is it going to be Z fifty one? That kind of stuff. Like you, ha- if you can't get it with Z fifty one, don't get it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is the 2007? It's, it's just kind of like a meh. They're they're like they're okay, but they're not that great. Like unless it was a Z06 or a Grand Sport, like a base C6 is not that great. It literally won't be up in the canyons. Like the new 86 probably would run just as quick as that Corvette. Yeah. And the problem with those Corvettes is they're, they feel like they're made of Legos, especially once they're 15 years old. They have a lot of unique parts that separate them from other General Motors vehicles. So, like, although the engine and the transmission are, like, pretty strong, there's a lot of little stuff when the car starts to get that old that is more expensive than, quote, used GM would let you believe the seats are awful i mean awful you have to, you'd have to rip the seats out and get different seats um you know you're it, oh jesus that picture uh that's horrible what about these seats uh, that's that's good yeah it's got flames good. on the airbag cover what do you think that car smells like it smells good in there cigar yeah cigar i would say that yeah yeah and bud light um i i you know i i'm inclined to say get the new car um, I just don't think an 07 base model Corvette is would be that fun. Yeah, you're buying the engine. If you're if it's got Z51 or Z06, now you're buying a really well-rounded car. You're still gonna have the maintenance costs. Yeah, but at least you're getting something I think dynamically that's maybe even or near even with the GR86, which yeah. is an amazing statement. I just realized. Uh, otherwise, you get something with a, a warranty. And yeah, really, I mean, really and if you knew GR86, it's like 30, 32 grand, right? I would also be looking at Caymans, you know, or Boxsters, because 30 grand will get you like a nice Boxster. I think a C6, Z06 is also around 30 with miles on it. 
Yeah. So don't or get a, or a grand face. sport. Yeah, that's you got to be able get into a grand sport. At least then you've got the chassis and stuff to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Flores, cat thoughts on a Cadillac ELR as a daily. We liked the ELR. Dude, yeah, it rides great. Drives yeah. great. Same thing as the Volt, which we love. But it looks better. It just better. looks cool. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're they're. I don't know what they're going for now, but they were nice. We, the only problem we had for them when they were new was the, was the price. Yeah. Other than that, they were fantastic little cars. I hope they didn't go up because no one gives a sh- no one gave a fuck when they were new, and I don't think anyone still gives a shit about them. Yeah. I just imagine. Uh, Sean Gallagher thoughts on a nine nine seven Carrera four as a daily in upstate New York for fifty five thousand dollars. Um, nine nine seven Carrera four for fifty five thousand. I hope the miles are low. I hope the condition is excellent. Um. Career of four, but not an S. First proper sports car. Yeah, Will it sure. feel special still? Will the specialness wear off 30 miles of highway daily and weekend fun trips? I mean, no, I don't I don't think so. I mean, what's the, assuming it's a manual, of course. Um, you know, they, they are very nice to drive. I mean, will the specialness wear off? That's I mean, that really depends on the person. That depends on the person. The specialness can wear off of anything. I mean, you know, Niles who goes at good vibes up there. Yeah. He's like works in uh comedy. His yeah. uncle was there who yeah. like big showrunner for a bunch of sitcoms. Mm. He's only driven one Porsche. It's the 96 Porsche he owns. That blue convertible. Yep. It's he's like, I bought that new. Yeah. He's like, it's the first one I've ever driven. It's the only one I've driven. And, I, and, that, and he's like, and he has a flying spur. Like he has, you know, he could get new Porsches. Yeah. But, for him, the specialness has not worn off. Yeah. So I think I mean, it's it a, just depends. It, the specialness might wear off. I mean, but if it does, you get something else. Right. I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? It won't wear off on the first week. Don't plan for obsolescence. Like, don't plan to be over this car already. So just get yeah. it if you like it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, all wheel drive, get budget for some winter tires. Yeah. It'll be fun in be the so snow. Uh, they're nice on the highway. You can do some modifications to it if you wanted. Uh, the GT3 shifter is a good modification for that car because the GT3 has a much better shifter than the Carrera. Um, but in general, it, it should be like pretty nice. Just make sure it's maintained well and give it a good detail and, and all that stuff. I mean, I can't tell you if its specialness is going to wear off for you. But uh, we have lots of friends who drive 997 Porsches, and they seem to like them. Uh, William F. Kraft, how is the gas mileage on your Vespa? Uh, I drive a 65-mile-an-hour highway with slight grades for five miles. Then the, oh, blah, 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 blah. I have pre, okay. The gas, I mean, the my Vespa. High, right? Yeah. It's just 50, high. 60 miles a gallon. I mean, my gas, my fuel tank is two gallons for the Vespa, and I get about 75, 80 miles before filling it up, and I don't run it dry. How, ma- how many cc's is yours? 300. Okay. So my, 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 I got the fast one. It'll cruise comfortably at 65 to 70 and still have a little bit of room left in the throttle to make a pass. It doesn't accelerate fast from 60, but, but I can, can do 80 in it. Uh, unless I'm into a big headwind, and then the limit comes down to like 72, 73. You could pass double yellow in in the crest if you wanted to. You're saying <laughs> I've ridden it up there. Yeah, I bet. I've ridden it in the canyons in in Malibu, and it was fun. Um, I mean, the it's 
the gas mileage is so good that it doesn't matter. You know, if it if once you're over fifty, what's the fucking difference right. anymore? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so it's so good it makes absolutely no difference. I never think about it. And when I stop to fill it up, it takes forty five seconds, and then <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I like put in one point six gallons, and I'm fucking gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's. I love my Vespa. I've just been uh, riding it a bunch this week. It makes me very happy. I got from Venice, this is inside baseball, Venice to West Hollywood in 25 minutes the other day in morning traffic. It was rad as hell. Cargo box on the back. I can get groceries. I can leave my helmet on the bike. I don't have to carry it around when I'm there. Vespa's fucking rule. Um, I do need to get it serviced soon. It's been 18 months since I've had it serviced, but... um, it's uh it is absolutely delightful. And if you if you were riding a fifty, this dude said he was riding a yeah. fifty if you're going from a fifty to a three hundred, world of difference. Absolutely. I mean, you're on you're on pace with cars on the highway now. It's a whole a whole world of difference. Plus bigger wheels, bigger brakes, better tires, better suspension, a more a more stable frame at speed. The Vespa three hundred is where it's at. Uh, JD wants a recommendation for watch insurance. My watch insurance goes through my homeowner's insurance. Um, I would call your, if you own a home, I would call your homeowner's policy first. If not, I mean, Hodinkee offers watch insurance. I haven't used it, but I've heard it's okay. Wrenches insurance is also- They'll do if it? You rent, yeah. I, I don't know if they'll do it for watches, but I know they cover lots and lots of things. Yeah. So. I mean, my homeowner's insurance is fucking great. If I flush a watch down the toilet, or if I get robbed at gunpoint, or if I smash it on the ground, it's fully, fully covered. It's 100% coverage. So it's, yeah, I, and it's not, not particularly expensive. Uh, Troy Sanders, uh, Daily's a 1988 M5. Good for you. So cool. Uh, interested in something that delivers as much engagement and smiles, but perhaps in a smaller package. Comparable price to the M5. Thirty to seventy thousand dollar range. Smaller. I mean, that's not a big car. Not a big car. Get an. You can get a nine eleven. I mean, get get a you know a, a G body nine eleven. You could get uh, an E forty six M three. Um, which uh, is bigger than that. Which is car, I think. Maybe even a little bigger. Uh, you could get a great, like the best three twenty five IS on the in the world. Uh, yeah. For that, you could get you could get a 2002 for that. A very 2002. Cool one. You can get an S2000. You could also get an S2000. A great S2000. That's that's a smiley car. You could if get you a fit. you could get a pretty decent um, a pretty decent clean title Integra Type R. You get a Skyline GTR or a oh, Pulsar GTIR. That's a small car. Yeah, that's a small and car. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, I I would get an R32. R32? Skyline R32. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Skyline R32. Skyline R32. Because everyone will smile because they'll be like, oh, that's so interesting. You'll like it. It drives nice. Yeah. Still feels small. Yeah. Yeah, but it also feels modern. Yeah. I would would say that. Uh, Connor Holly, is the Boxster Spider track legal? Uh, Yes, it is. Boxster Spider has factory roll hoops. What's that? You guys going to go? Oh, go ahead. There's uh, some photographers from Avance Magazine. Who are here uh, doing a story on me? And that if you see them in the background of the studio today, that's that's what's happening. Uh, Alejandro, I know you've done lemons races. Any thought into doing one of the multi-day lemons rallies? Nope. I racing shit boxes is fun. 
because you're racing them. <laughs> what I don't even know what the lemons rally it's is. It's what honestly. you think it is. It's a it's a it's a road rally in terrible cars. Oh, okay. I don't want to go fucking a thousand miles in a terrible car. So you're a circus, a circus yeah, of shitboxes. Yeah, it's a circus of. Sh I mean, nothing against that. I understand. Oh there's, my god, the tagline is amazing. Why break on track when you can break on the side of the road? I mean, that's funny. That's very funny. It is funny. I love these but guys. But that, exactly that is the reason I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want, breaking down the side of the road is not fucking fun for me. We do the, we've done the coastal range rallies, the driving wall awesome events. Mm -hmm. Did that, uh, you know, Radwood sold to Haggerty this week, which is interesting. I wonder if driving wall awesome was included in that. I don't know. I hope it wasn't. I hope that. I hope that that stays separate. But um, the Driving Wall Awesome rally was a affordable rally in reasonable cars, mostly vintage-esque, late mm -hmm. model cars. And I found that to be excellent. But um, I, there's not a lot of appeal in Lemon. If I was going to do a real shitbox event, it would be like the Gambler. You know. I mean, I just don't want to fix something away from a pit yeah. or from my house <laughs> yeah. like this if your car works like I, it's cool you can art car across the country or across the state and mm -hmm. if you're David Tracy where you're glutton for punishment yeah. rock on this is not for me yeah no not for me either uh, JJ said I'm addicted to my Lotus Elise's steering feel and feedback is there anything that can carry two children and provide anything similar I similar to a Lotus Elise <laughs> yeah Lotus Evora yeah I mean, the the, Ooh, lo the, the Lotus system? with the back seat. I don't think an Elise has power steering. No, the you're Evora right. does, yeah, yeah, but it right. still has great steering. It does. That's... I mean, the answer is Evora or an old nine, a 911, an 80s, 80s 911, you know, uh, with, with manual steering. 70, 79 to 89 Porsche 911. Or a 997 GT3. Yeah, I mean, no back seat in that. What? Oh yeah. Yeah, no back seat in the GT3. I mean, if he's trying to chase a steering feel dragon of like made by Lotus, that's a pretty high bar. It is a very high bar. I mean, you might as well just get another Lotus. Just get a caterum with a trailer and put the kids <laughs> in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, Lotus Evora. Yeah, I mean, or a, a, an Integra Type R again to to go back to that Integra oh, Type is, R. Sorry, had, this is a follow up from him. Great, great steering. What? Uh, uh, what about a sorted E40? No, 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 no. CT4V Blackwing. Yeah, for a 3,600-pound car, has great steering. But if you're, again, we're, if we're talking about a the Lotus's steering feel, I mean, that's that's a very high bar. Yeah. Uh, it says he needs rear-facing seats. Oh, so, rear-facing seats. So, yeah. So, maybe, so you need a four-door car, which... A four-door car with Lotus steering feel? I mean, the Giulia Quadrifoglio is a good start, but it's an awful car. And, and it has, does has very strange behaviors in like if you go full lock, the Ackerman angle is all mm -hmm. fucked up. It goes gunk 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 gunk. That's their, terrible. And their reliability is not great. No, not great. I would no. go CT4. Yeah, I guess. Feed I mean, Blackwing, of course. I don't know about feedback compared to a Lotus, but it certainly is sharp. Yeah, it's very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it might be too big, but like Panamera Turbo. That's really good. Macan, believe it or not, Macan has great steering. That's true. For for what it is, Macan has very good like steering. That. Yeah, yeah. We don't know your budget, but uh, I mean, if he's got a if he's in numbers. a CC4 Blackwing, that's a seventy five thousand dollar car. Yeah. So is a Julia Quad. True. You know? So yeah. 
Uh, well, Ooh, Audi Civic, RS3. Civic Type R. Civic Type R. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, Civic Type R could be good. Yeah. That's a good good suggestion. Great shifting. Yeah. Great steering. That could be Pop good. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that one, too. Yeah. Uh, Prashan says, why does it seem like bike enthusiasts aren't as nostalgia-driven as car people? I disagree. Um, I disagree. Uh, it says, outside of certain bikes, the motorcycle community doesn't bother to preserve or restore older models. Um I uh, I disagree. I mean, maybe it's just the people I follow on Instagram and the people that I see at car meets and in the canyons, but I see people riding vintage motorcycles all the time. Uh, that place, Iconic, uh, that I, I, I'm friends with the guy there a little bit, they restore uh, all kind. Their, their business is blowing the fuck up, dude. They can't restore bikes fast enough and sell them. And some of these bikes are bringing really big money. Um, I think it depends what world you're in. I think like like Sam and Zach Bowman, like they are super into the old bikes of all kinds, all makes and models. Doesn't yeah. really matter. And and like you said, there's there's the like cafe racer people, hipster people in LA. Like there are groups that are really into the old bikes. Yeah, it just depends on what you're seeing on the road. And also, there's not in a lot of cases, not every case, but a lot of cases, there's not a huge amount of difference in the experience. It's not like well, for us, an old car means manual steering and a gated shifter and a naturally aspirated engine, and a new car means uh, electric power steering and a CVT and it looks like an egg, you know, and, and, and all that kind of shit. Most brand new bikes are manual gearbox, most. You know, sometimes they'll have a quick shifter, but 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 it's still got a clutch. You're still going through gears. You're still you know sh- leaning your fucking weight. It's they, they it's it's a naturally aspirated Revy engine. Um, you're still getting that that feeling and that engagement with most new bikes. Mm. There are some like where the bikes that are meant to go really long distances with it now have adaptive cruise control some will have a dct but that's not that those are mostly the exceptions not the rules except for like you know i think quick shifter is cool i mean i've yeah. ridden bikes that have a quick shifter and for that for those who know what i'm talking about that's where you can click the gears up and down without using the clutch and i actually think that's really cool um i've been really enjoyed using that i i don't i still feel like i'm Riding a manual, and when I come to a stop, I have to use the clutch and let it go. Um, but it's when like power I'm, shifting, you can you can stay flat and shift. It's or you like have to lift. No, you don't have to lift. Okay, it's and it, it's like it's like power shifting, but it's smooth. It smooths it out. Got it. So like you can you can shift a bike without the clutch if you're fucking on it, uh, but there's, there'll be a little jerk. You know, this eliminates the jerk. Right. Um, there's also because uh, I talked to Sim about this like three weeks ago. There's a problem with parts availability for a lot of mm. old bikes. He said some manufacturers, and, and like BMW, Mercedes, they have all either have a huge stock of old parts. Like Mercedes now, you can buy most of the parts you need for a 300 SL from yeah. them. Yeah. So they've either they've started manufacturing them again, or they had enough on the shelf, whatever. But with bike companies, there's a lot of them. He, he said Honda is especially egregious, where they don't store or remanufacture old parts, even for bikes they have sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of. Well, that could be a problem. So that's part of the, that's probably part of the issue. Like, why would I ride this old thing I can't get parts for? Yeah. That's that could be a problem. Um, yeah, I, I think, and and there's also a lot of people who won't tune carbs. 
yeah. on bikes. They just the, the 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 art is kind of lost, and so there's shops, even independent shops, that say no no bikes before 2000. You know we won't. Oh, wow. So you got to find that that specialist to to work on them. But I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that that. That the love of vintage bikes is is dead. People, I see people here in LA riding vintage bikes all the time. Um, Jack Riley is looking for a watch I can wear every day. Looking for something water resistance that looks good on canvas. Stay away from gold colored stuff as possible. Under five hundred dollars new. The answer is Seiko, my friend. The answer is always Seiko. Seiko dive watches. Get a turtle. Get an SKX. Get a, the the dive versions of the Seiko Five Sport. That is your answer. It's the Miata of watches, isn't yep. it? Yep. I mean, especially at that five hundred dollar price point. If you're talking about five hundred bucks, there's there's there are options. You can get a the Timex makes some okay stuff. Um, but if you're asking this guy, the answer is Seiko. Uh Foxicious. Name at least one car that could be drastically improved. Oh boy. From changing one component. And improve from a driving perspective by changing one component, same car. Change one component to improve it visually and one for driving. Um, okay, the BMW M3. <laughs> change the front. You change the front end. Ah, oh, dang it. Just go back to the answer. old yeah. front end visually and improve from a driving perspective by fixing whatever is wrong with the shifter, by making the manual available with the competition Model. Give it a T6060. Yeah. 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 It needs that. Uh, all right. I'll take the CT4V Blackwing. Um, you could change visually the back end needs, mm -hmm. I think. Something's wrong something's with the shape wrong of the with, trunk. The trunk is too big and the taillights are too small. Right. The shape of the trunk. It needs like a crease down the middle. It, like crease down the middle of that trunk might help it a lot. And then uh, driving? I, mean, I wouldn't change. I would go back to normal power-assisted brakes. I'm still skeptical about that whole servo thing where it mm -hmm. always feels the same mm -hmm. even when the clamping force changes. Mm -hmm. that, that freaks me out. Okay. Ha! You thought that was going to be hard, didn't you, foxicious? Evan Byrne says the engine in the LC500 is frequently lauded, and on paper it is similar to the Coyote. Can you compare and contrast these engines? Uh, the, the, the LC500 engine feels like it was assembled by by people who, if they don't do a good job, they have to kill themselves afterwards. <laughs> like, it's the same, but it's way more precise. I mean, it's, it's by Toyota, basically. Yeah, it's sound, when you rev it, it's like a Coyote motor. I don't, it's a good motor, especially for the price of the cars that it comes in. But I don't get the feeling when I drive it, and it could be because it's made into that piece of shit gearbox, but I don't feel like I could fucking blast that thing to seven and keep it there for 12 hours. Well, Whereas the, with yeah. the, the LC500 engine, it feels mo like I could do that without a problem. It feel, And it, it could be motor mounts. It could be NVH. There's so many things, but basically you feel more of the engine vibration in the, through the car, I right. think, in the Coyote than you do in the LC500 right. or similar Lexus products. And that's... That's what it is. It's like it's a V8, but the car vibrates like an inline six. It's it's it just feels more precise. I mean, it 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 just feels like a tighter, snappier when when you downshift it and blip it. It's just more snappy and and responsive. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's really that's really the the big differences for me. Uh, Blake Fee, did you see this? Uh, yeah, the, sure did. that. Uh, 
that uh, Tesla has uh, pretty much. Well, we already know that Tesla thinks their customers are stupid, um, and they, uh, in some cases, are very right. And this is—I know this because I posted this story on my Twitter a couple days ago. And the Tesla bootlicking, the the lengths that people went to defend this. So basically, Tesla deli- was delivering new cars, and it wasn't just the Model X. It was delivering several different new cars yeah. with mismatched tires. One, and, and I went onto the Tesla forums, and there was a bunch. Some it was mismatched rear to front. Some it left was to left right. to right. Yeah. Um, and that the and the and the number of people that were defending this, going, oh, it's not that big of a deal, have absolutely no idea how tires work. Now it might be less of a big deal because if you were to do this on, let's say, a 911 Turbo, you would literally damage the differentials. The uh, the mechanical because it's a, there's a mechanical connection from the engine to the four tires and how power is distributed and you can actually damage the mechanicals from With that. they're out of sync basically. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Now in a Tesla where it's there's not a mechanical connection front to rear, it's a it's an electronic connection that might not happen. Having said that, they put uh like summer tires on the front and all season tires on the back. Right. The front tires were Michelin's. The back tires were Continentals. They have wildly different tread wear ratings. And also the front tire on the t- uh, Model X Plaid is supposed to be a 265 and that's a 255. So it was the wrong size to boot. Yeah, the front tread wear is 220, rather yeah. low, and the rear is 480 yeah. all season tire. So huge difference in grip. Uh, compound. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, and this isn't like, oh, they got a flat and so they had to find a tire today to drive on to work for a week until we could get the new tire in. This was delivered new. If you spent 200 grand, because that's fun, uh, the, that, this says 131,000 for a Model X Plaid, but my fucking neighbor got a P100D Model X like a year ago, and the sticker price was one hundred and eighty thousand. Jeez. So depending on your options, that one thirty one I think is the base price. I don't give a shit if it's if it's one hundred thirty thousand dollars. It show up with four of the tires with, that are the same. Yeah. If it's twenty five thousand dollars, the tires should match because Correct. it's a safety issue. Yeah, that's a fucking buy here pay here lot Craigslist bullshit car buy. Like if we if I yes. bought a shit box on Craigslist and it had mismatched tires, I'd be like, uh. Money off, please. Right. This is a brand new thousand horsepower luxury vehicle, and and the people selling it to you think you are stupid. Well, one of the theories was this tells the people were like this tells me that Tesla didn't pre-order the tires they needed for the cars they're building, so they're buying them off the rack, yeah, or you know, source from tire rack at cost or whatever. But that means when they're running into supply chain problems. They're, this is how they're solving it yeah. instead of waiting or delaying things. So, I mean, that's just... Because deliveries is how they meet, is how they, for the quarterly investors' calls, the stock price, they need to have to go, we delivered this right. many cars. But the, but to explain why this is dangerous, I joked on Twitter that this is the drift setup. <laughs> if you go around a corner at, let's say, X miles per hour, and the front tires are able to hang on to said corner and the right. G-forces, maybe the rears are not. Yeah. So, okay, traction control may sort it out for you, but if if it's raining... Like, this could be a serious problem. Yeah. Going around a corner on the brakes, the back end could step out too quickly, too fast, and cause a very serious issue. Yeah. 
It's strange. No, I can't think of any other manufacturer, any manufacturer that from fucking Porsche to Kia that would do this and, and try to get away with it. I can't, I can't, like, this is why people who think that, that, that Tesla critics are like hysterical and like triggered because the shit that they do is so absurd, you actually can't believe it. And you'd be fucking just as mad if anyone else was doing it. But this company does so much of it that it's like it's it's the Trumpiest shit ever. When if you want to make your critics sound hysterical, do the most ridiculous shit imaginable over and over and over and over again. And you'll make rational human beings sound like they're fucking losing their minds. It's just a strange thing. And it'd be funny if there's another Model X somewhere that has... With the other ones. The other ones. And they could have just... Dude, I saw a Model X plaid on the road yesterday, and the door handles were like a centimeter off. Like With the Falcon door? The Falcon door. Like, they still haven't figured out how to make the fucking doors line up. That thing's been on the road for eight years, and they haven't figured that one out. They're delivering new cars like this. Well, it's because they know they're going to have to service the doors soon anyway, because the <laughs> yeah. mechanism's going to break. Yeah. Uh, Nate M. wants to know if either of us have heard of the ordering fiasco concerning the 86. Apparently, uh, he was turned away at multiple dealerships saying there are no new allocations and they've had to cancel hundreds of orders. Uh, I, I do not know about this, but uh, let's see. What does Zach find here on the forums? Mm, it says watch the video for why. Oh, watch the videos. Do. I don't want to watch uh, the videos. Um. I don't know. I mean, is it? It's got to be a supply chain thing. Uh, what does that mean? First, I uh, I haven't seen this. Um, is this the? That that's an old post from March of 2021, and uh, delayed. Is there anything new? Second, have fallen victim to global production delays sweeping the car industry. That's 2021. Yeah, I mean, oh. uh, I guess they're all, all the Google's results we're seeing are from they're from the spring and summer. Oh, that's uh, that's December, summer this, of last year. This is January. Twenty twenty two orders have stopped. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, sold uh, the sold order allotment was met. Oh, it sounds like they got enough orders pre orders that they're just not taking new ones until they know their new allocation numbers. And maybe there's supply chain issues. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it... Okay, so I thought it was going to be like a problem, but it looks like they just sold out of them. And yeah. they know they won't be able to... It's the same thing as the Maverick. Ford has so many orders for the Maverick, they're like, we can't take more orders for 22 because you won't get it until yeah. 23 or 24. So why tell you... Why take your money and tell you it's going to be a truck this year? Yeah. Well, okay. that's unfortunate, but it seems like it's uh, business as uh, usual. This car's too good. It's sold too quickly. Uh, let's see. Um, if you, uh, Scott says, if you're a person that could comfortably afford a BRZ but could stretch for an M2 or a Cayman, is the driving experience different enough between a BRZ and the more expensive options to justify the stretch? Daily driver. Uh, it's not the driving experience uh, so much as it is the luxury experience. The Cayman and the M2 are much nicer products. You could you could feel the difference in them without actually driving anywhere. You could just go sit in them and feel touch things, you know, and use the MMI 
and feel how the shifter feels just sitting there Mm -hmm. and feel the steering wheel in your hands and you go, well, two of these things are luxury goods and one is not. Well, apparently he already has a 2015 3 Series and the interior is very similar. So you may just be bored of that. So you're going to be getting it you're going to be getting the same car but it's going to like be agile and fast as hell and it'll be exciting yeah so i think the question for you is do you like the three series interior and you want to stay with that but just add power and if you want something different then you could go with a cayman which has similar build quality but is a totally different driving experience or you get a gr86 which apparently you can't get i would switch to the cayman just try something else yeah did I test the air suspension Zach, on the new Tundra? Kevin uh, says, did Zach test the air suspension on the new Tundra? I mean, it was on the car. It was on the truck. So, yeah, it rode great. It rode way better than the um, whatever the previous gen was they had on site. I can't remember if that was six or seven. And it, the truck rode really well, but I don't know what year F-150 you have. So the last F-150 I drove was a 2021. I had no complaints about the ride at all. So if you have a new-ish F-150... I mean, in my opinion, it was pretty good. Um, any truck around the city is going to bounce around a little bit. They're meant yeah. to carry 1,500 to 2,000 pounds. So when they're unladen, they're just going to be a little bit too stiff. But I don't know. It depends on the year of your truck. Um. Oh, my God. That's That, that watch is... question is very long. Let me see if I can... Let me see if I can break it down. Favorite everyday automatic watch, three to 6,000 range. Uh, needs to be flexible, casually, and with a suit... Um, Dream watch is the Panerai uh, Luminor. Do not want chronograph. Buy it online, but curious whether it matters. Missing box and papers. Uh, current daily is a Shinola. Okay. Um, well, first off, you can probably get a Panerai, a version of the Panerai Luminor for under $6,000. That's possible. Uh, so if that's what you want, um, they're... You know, you, there's a Luminor right there for four thousand bucks. Um, you can. There's a bunch that are four, five, six thousand. Maybe you have to stretch to seven, but it's not. You know, not totally out of, out of reach. So if your dream watch is a Panerai, buy a fucking Panerai. I mean, don't let don't let me talk this you out of it. This one's nice with this blue. Yep, Woo. and that's the new one actually. That's the that's the forty millimeter. So it's they've decided. They, you know, Panerai made really big ass watches for a long time, and big watches stopped being trendy. Mm-hmm. So that's the new like smaller one. So it's like that's this size, yeah, which would be pretty oh, cool. Nice. Very cool. Um, yeah, if your dream watch is a Panerai, just get that, uh, and don't let me talk you out of it. Uh, for I also like in that price point, I like the Breitling Super Ocean. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I recommended Larry, my friend Larry Casilla. Um, the Super Ocean Forty Two is uh, my favorite one. Yeah, that's it on the left there. The 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 blue dial. Uh, they've got a blue. They've got a black. I like the uh, the 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 numbers uh, on there. That's a good good kind of all around uh, all around piece. Uh, Tudor Black Bay. That's an excellent piece. Bell and Ross makes some nice stuff. But I, I think this person answered their own question. Uh, if your dream watch in that price range is a Panerai. Just get one because you're in the wheelhouse. I, I put the I replied to your comment with the link to the yeah. one that is under six. Um, box and papers. It's uh, it's money in, money out. Meaning, like if you you know, is that a food dish? Box and papers. I don't know what <laughs> that you is. get a watch, right? a used watch. Okay, the box and, papers. and the papers. Right. So the only people that matter that that matters to is the person buying it and the person you sell it to. In between, when it's on your wrist. 
It does not matter if it has a box and papers. So you can save money on the way in by not getting box and papers. And then if you go to sell it later, you're going to get less money on the way out. Right. It's just it's money in, money out. So if you don't if it's if you're buying it to collect, to invest, then it's probably worthwhile. If you're buying it to wear, it doesn't really matter. No one really gives a shit. Yeah. Um, last, last question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh. Oh, this is not a question. It's a statement. Mark says he's sorry about my Porsche at the bottom of the ocean and is looking forward to our review of the Lotus Emira. I, uh, I don't know when we'll be driving it. I think it's in April. I think I'm going to England in April to, to have a go. Um, all right, that's our uh, that's our show. Do we have what else do we have next week? Anything? Uh, oh, tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow's Saturday. No, fuck me. I why do I have no idea what day it is? I don't know. Um, Monday, possible Jethro Bovington. We'll see um, if he can make it back from his shoot in time. Tuesday, Spinelli is here. Yeah, Spinelli. And oh, Spinelli Lieberman the combo show. show. The, the loud show. Yes. Yeah, I will yeah. not be able to talk. Yeah, that the, show. The, yes, the volume. <laughs> uh, the volume will be high. So that's uh, Monday, Tuesday. Monday, possible Jethro. Not sure. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Spinelli Lieberman. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate your time. Join the Patreon if you want to skip the ads and do all those things. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye.